The 2023 NFL Draft has come and gone for the Carolina Panthers and the other 31 teams across the NFL. And for Carolina, I'd say it was a success. I'll tell you why right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. Council, where on Friday I will be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council to get in on the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. The 2023 NFL Draft has come and gone for the Carolina Panthers and the other 31 teams across the NFL. And for Carolina, I think we have to feel pretty good about the, what the Carolina Panthers did this past weekend in Kansas City by, well, first off, they got their quarterback of the future in Bryce Young, number one overall. We've known since March 10th the Carolina Panthers were going to take a quarterback. We just didn't know who it was going to be. Now, the last three, four weeks, we had a pretty good idea, and on Thursday evening, it was a surprise to no one except for, I guess, one person who was claiming on Twitter for the last month that Will Levis was the pick and that Bryce Young was a smokescreen, and that individual has gone out there and deleted his Twitter account. So, um, Urban Redneck, we wish you adieu and farewell, and... hmm, Really, dude? (laughs) So there's a shout-out to one of the listeners, I think. So maybe not around anymore. Either way, Bryce Young with the first pick in the NFL draft. Carolina Panthers took Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. And I'm excited to have Bryce Young here. I I know I talked about just looking at the coaching staff that Anthony Richardson might have made more sense just from the physical attributes that he has and his best wobbles ahead of him. But when you break down the tape, and Frank Reich said it best, you watch the tape, there's a lot that's said about size. At the end of the day, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But we're the coaches – or the scouts, we watch the tape, and when you watch the tape, Bryce Young's the best player. That's irrefutable. <laughs> Bryce Young was the best player of the quarterbacks in this draft class the last two years in college. Heisman Trophy winner in 2021 was even better, I thought, this past season, where Jameer Gibbs, 12th overall, congrats to him, and then I believe Cameron Latu, his tight end, went in the third round. Outside of that, the talent around him, now Tyler Skeen, the Vanderbilt transfer I talked about that played tackle for him. I believe he also in the third round. And maybe a couple other guys, but his skill position talent, it was Latu and it was Gibbs, two guys who won the first three rounds, which is an achievement, of course. Outside of that, there was not that much. But Bryce Young, I thought was a magician this past year. Really loved watching him play at Alabama. And at no point the last two years of watching him in the fall at Bama did I ever dream of him being the quarterback here in Carolina. And now that's a reality. It's so amazing. I love this dude so much, and I'm so excited that he's going to be the quarterback here in Carolina. And I hope the Panthers, you know, do all the right things by him. They certainly have done that by trying to put a great offensive line around him. The skill positions, while, you know, a little bit's lacking, they have at least made the attempt to build on that position group, especially at wide receiver. So I'm excited about the future here in Carolina with Bryce Young. So for me, like, that clearly was the obvious pick for the Carolina Panthers. And aside from the size, which – 
Bryce Young's dad says is a very lazy argument, and it's the one that everyone uses. I don't know how much context they really put into it because you talk about batted balls. There really aren't that many, and he plays bigger than his size are, and he's been able to adapt, and he's been the best player on the best team against the best competition since he was eight. Again, that's from Frank Reich. Bryce Young has met the hype, and he has exceeded the hype, and now he is here with whew, a ton of hype and expectations and hope here in Carolina as the first overall pick. So Bryce Young there in the first round at one, going to the second round on Friday evening. The Carolina Panthers stood pat and took Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver out of Ole Miss, 6'2", 220, runs a 4.4640, and a draft of smaller wide receivers. He was the bigger one. And because of that, the Carolina Panthers felt like, all right, let's go get him. You look at guys like Josh Downs, who had far better production. Jalen Hyde had far better production. Cedric Tillman, who's a little bit bigger wide receiver, just like Jonathan Mingo. The Panthers really loved the potential that Mingo has here in Carolina. Scott, not Scott Bitter, Frank Reich said he has elite ball skills. He's physical in the run game. He's a good scheme fit. His best football is ahead of him. Because certainly at Vanderbilt, while 112 catches, 1,758 yards, 12 touchdowns is a solid college career at, at, at Ole Miss, rather not at Vanderbilt, at Ole Miss – at no point did he ever lead Ole Miss in receiving yards. He had 40% of his receiving yards last year against Vanderbilt and Central Arkansas. It looked like he was off to a good start his junior year. We had 99 yards and 136 yards in back-to-back games before having a foot injury that derailed him. So he's someone who has the size. He's got the, he's got the speed. He's got the skills. He just has to be coached up. And Sean Jefferson, the wide receiver coach here in Carolina, was instrumental in bringing Jonathan Mingo here, and Scott Fitter actually talked about it on Sunday or Saturday, rather, after the draft that they had a meeting, and I think Mike Kay of the Charlotte Observer had asked him, hey, was Mingo the meeting that you had that really went well? It was, and they really were impressed by this young man, so here he is in Carolina, and I don't know how he's going to fit into the wide receiver core, whether he's going to get an opportunity right away. Uh, I would say a guy like Terrace Marshall, who kind of has the same size and build, you're, you're on notice. They brought this dude in, and they're hoping that you can come in here and uh, helped the Carolina Panthers. So Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver out of Ole Miss there in the second round. Third round, DJ Johnson, edge rusher out of Oregon. The Panthers traded up from 93 to 80 with Pittsburgh. Also gave up pick 132 there in the fourth round, the pick that they got from San Francisco in the Christian McCaffrey trade. This is another one of those trade dudes. 6'4", 260 pounds, was honorable mention, Pac-12 in 2022. A great athlete, played tight end originally, then played edge rusher, also Kind of played a little bit of both last year at Oregon. And when talking about this dude uh, on Saturday after the draft, they were saying how this is someone they're going to have to coach up. This is someone who he has the physical traits and everything that they're looking for. You just didn't get that production. At Oregon, he led the team in six sacks in 2022, had 39 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, two pass breakups. It's going to take some time to get DJ Johnson there. And there was some talk of did the Panthers reach. And Scott Fitterer did admit that, there's a run on edges, and if you wanted to get one, you had to move up. And they felt like DJ Johnson was worth giving up that pick that they got from the San Francisco and the CMC trade and worth moving up from 93. And they've gone out there and done that. What kind of role does he play in Carolina early on? I imagine he's not going to get that much burn, but it also depends on how quickly he's able to develop here in Carolina. Now on to day three in the fourth round. Pick 114, Chandler Zavala or Zavala? Yeah, Zavala. That's what it was. Chandler Zavala, offensive guard from NC State. I've been calling him Zavala the last couple years as he's been at NC State. 6'3", 322 pounds. Started at left guard all of last year in 2022. Started the first five games in 2021 alongside Ikiakuanu. 
who he has a really good relationship with still. And now we're thinking about a potential partnership on the left side of this offensive line with two former NC State Wolfpack. With Iki Aquane, who was excellent in his rookie year at left tackle. And now potentially Chandler Zavala, who is going to come in and compete. And that was one of the things that was brought up in the press conference on Saturday that, yes, Brady Christensen has earned the right to be the left guard here in Carolina. But with Austin Corbett out, they needed to get some more depth. And it looks like Cade Mays is probably going to slot in there at right guard to start off the season as Austin Corbett is expected to miss some time. We'll get into the more of that later on here on the show. We talked to Mike Kay, and he said on a great offensive line last year, Brady Christensen, who played tackle in college, is someone who was the weakest link. And that's not saying he was bad, but he was the weakest of the five players on a very good offensive line a year ago for the Carolina Panthers. So there could be an opening for Zavala to come in here and to take that job. And maybe that moves Brady Christensen out to the swing tackle instead for the Carolina Panthers, which could be his more natural position. I'm not quite sure, but we'll see. It's good to get someone who I thought at NC State was a really good player. And certainly hurt them in the run game in 2021 when they lost him to that season-ending back injury after the first five games. Because State, with Bam Knight um, and which in person, had some good running backs. You just didn't really see that kind of production in 2021. Zavala, really good player. So... We'll see what that, how that works out for him and for the Carolina Panthers. But somebody's going to come in and compete right away. And in the fifth round, their final pick at 145. This took Jamie Robinson, a defensive back out of Florida State. Started off his career at South Carolina. There's some weird Columbia to Tallahassee pipeline going on down there now that Mike Norvell is head coach in Tallahassee. He's 5'11", 190, versatile defensive back. Played safety the last couple years at FSU where he's a first-team all-ACC player. He also can play nickel, and we went into the draft talking about how the Panthers, they got to find that third corner. And letting Miles Hartsfield walk and go to San Francisco and follow Steve Wilkes, this is potentially a Miles Hartsfield replacement and an excellent player. If you watch Florida State the last couple of years, you watch Jamie Robinson, he is a dude, y'all. He's so freaking good, and I'm so happy the Carolina Panthers got him. 319 tackles and 47 college games played, totaled 15.5 tackles for loss, 23 pass breakups, seven interceptions and one sack. He had four interceptions back in 2021 when he was first team All-ACC. Last year only had one interception but 99 tackles. Someone who can come in, stop to run for you, good in pass coverage. An excellent choice for the Carolina Panthers, especially in the fifth round. Like We talk about production, where there's a lack thereof for DJ Johnson, and the same thing with Jonathan Mingo. But as far as production goes, like Jamie Robinson has it. He might not have the size and the traits of some of these other dudes, but on Saturdays, playing at Florida State, a big-time program, he went out there and got it done. And that's what I like to see, especially like Zavala or Zavala. That's going to be hard for me to change. Zavala and Robinson, those dudes produced in college. And they were day three picks. And I think they come in and probably have a more immediate impact for the Carolina Panthers than DJ Johnson or Jonathan Mingo have. You got the trades guys on day two, which I get, it makes sense, especially with this coaching staff. Go out there day three, get the guys who actually produce in college, but might not have the measurables that it takes to get taken in the first two days of the NFL draft. Heading into the draft, we talked about needs. Quarterback, wide receiver, edge, offensive tackle, cornerback, linebacker. How well did the Carolina Panthers fill those needs? What needs remain here in Carolina? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. 
Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories and you need the best tasting protein bar ever built? If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste because who does? I've just got the thing for you, Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing you won't think they're, that they're good for you. So what makes Built Bars so good, you ask? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right real chocolate on every single bar and puff. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy for you. Only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you no longer need to wait around to get a box. You can still go to built.com and order your built bars or puffs to get their specialty flavors. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar or coconut puff today. And if you're close to a Sam's Club and of course a member, run in and grab a 13 bar box of their hip flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. The Carolina Panthers went into the 2023 NFL Draft with six picks and came out with five players as they traded up into the third round from 93 to 80 and gave up 132, that pick that they had in the fourth round on Saturday. That pick they got from Christian McCaffrey trade to San Francisco. That's now owned by the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I believe the Steelers use. But the Carolina Panthers went into the draft with six picks and came out with five players. And I talked about heading into the draft that the Panthers had six picks, six needs. Quarterback, wide receiver, edge, offensive tackle, cornerback, and linebacker. They got quarterback. We knew that was going to happen. Bryce Young, number one overall. They got wide receiver, Jonathan Mingo, 39th overall. Out of Ole Miss. They got edge rusher, trading up to 80, getting DJ Johnson out of Oregon. They got a corner, nickelback, DB. I'll count it with Jamie Robinson in the fifth round, 145 overall. But they did not get an offensive tackle. They did not get a linebacker. I do not see Zavala um, transitioning from a guy who played guard to playing tackle. So he's going to stay at guard. Linebacker, the Panthers did not take anyone in the draft. A guy like Drew Sanders is someone I really wish they would have gotten out of Arkansas because he was just awesome this past year. But they decided that, hey, we got our quarterback, got our wide receiver, got our edge, which they, they moved up to get him. And a lot of the mock drafts also had Mingo as a guy going into the third round. So that, those two day two picks – are probably considered by a lot of people to be a, re- be a reach. But as I've said in the past, if you really have conviction on those guys, and Scott Fitter has used that word a lot, if they have conviction and you believe that with the organization you have around them, the coaching staff, that they can develop into quality NFL players, go out there and get them. And that's what they did by standing pat and getting Mingo, who they really wanted anyways, and then by moving up when there's a run on edge rushers and getting DJ Johnson. Will that pay off in the end? We will see whether the players are able to develop with the coaching staff and also do all the things outside of practice to have their bodies right and to develop into quality players here in Carolina. This is now a job. This isn't college. we got to bounce classes and all that kind of stuff. This is your job. Will they put in the work outside the football field to be able to find a consistency that they never had at the college level, whether it was positional changes or injuries or whatever got in the way? We need them now to produce here in Carolina. So the Panthers – Still, could use an offensive tackle, 
especially a swing tackle, a veteran one of those, and they could use some more depth at linebacker. So one of the biggest remaining needs for the Carolina Panthers as they now transition to more of the free agency period. We're going to go over some of the undrafted free agents that the Carolina Panthers took and how they kind of fill into some of these slots we're going to talk about here in just a moment um, momentarily. But here, linebacker for me, though, still depth there. Maybe the biggest thing for the Carolina Panthers you got Shaq Thompson, you got Frankie Louvu, who I expect are probably going to play both inside linebacker. Maybe Frankie can play a little bit of outside linebacker after having seven sacks last year uh, for the Carolina Panthers in his first year as a full-time starter. Um, Kamu Grier-Hill is in here to also give you some snaps at inside linebacker, be a depth guy, be a veteran dude. But mainly he's here as a special teams type of player. Not what Frankie Louvu came in to do. And we saw what he, what he developed into. I don't know if that's going to be – the case or the opportunity that Greer Hill gets here in Carolina, but he is a veteran who started, who's really good on special teams. Now, Brandon Smith has the traits, has the size, everything you're looking for. Can he produce? Can he develop? Really big year for him heading into year two with this new coaching staff to show that he can provide some depth and can come out there and help team where next year, if he doesn't show you enough, they might be looking for his replacement already after two seasons. Could Aaron Mosby and Chandler Wooten as two guys who are, I would say, unlikely to make the team right now. Now, I guess Mosby probably would, but the Panthers are going to look at other opportunities like the 53-man cut, potentially if they need more depth there at linebacker. So they need more depth at linebacker, I would say, looking at some UDFAs potentially, uh, which, again, we're going to get to here momentarily, and maybe some other veterans that are out there. O-line. Overall, I, I talked about it. The first five guys, you feel good about them. You know Austin Corbett, probably going to miss some time heading into 2023. You have Cade Mays who can fill in there. You also have McCray who can fill in at center, at guard, if you need him. Now you have Zavala. You're feeling really good about the depth there and the talent in the interior. But at tackle, if anything happens to Icky or Taylor, the Panthers are in trouble. Yes, possibly you kick Brady Christensen out there. Then you have Cade Mays or you have McCray come in or Zavala come in and play guard. I don't know if that's the ideal scenario for the Carolina Panthers. It is a player who has gotten reps there, not very many at the NFL level, actually on Sundays at tackle, but someone who certainly is capable in Brady Christensen. But outside of Icky Aquanu and Taylor Moten, the only tackle on the roster is Larnell Coleman, who again, Probably not going to be on the initial 53-man roster here in Carolina. He's on it now just because, hell, who else is going to play tackle? Again, it's one of those situations where you look at it and say, oh, would he make the roster today? Uh, maybe, but they're going to see what happens after cutdowns potentially and go out there and get a guy. So they have options, according to Scott Fitter. He said there's veterans on the street. I'm looking at a guy like um, Donovan Smith, who's been a starter in Tampa Bay. Does he want to come to Carolina and be a backup? Um, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Taylor uh, Taylor Lewan, who's been a starter at left tackle for a long time with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, does he want to just keep doing podcasts and hanging out? Or does he want to come back and play football? I think he probably should just hang it up and just, you know, do the whole podcast business because he's certainly killing it over there uh, with Barstool and busting with the boys. So those are options as far as veterans out there. And there's certainly some other veterans that probably make a little bit more sense for the Carolina Panthers and dudes who I think are more apt to start somewhere opposed to, you know, come and be a dude off the bench. But I wouldn't rule it out. And Fitterer talked about, hey, we got options, 53-man cut. That's going to happen later on in August. The XFL is going on. USFL is also going on. There's players there that the Carolina Panthers might be monitoring. And the fact that he said XFL leads me to believe that they are looking at some of those players. He said that they'll look at every opportunity. And they certainly need to find 
a veteran to be a swing tackle here in Carolina. I don't know if you're really banking on a UDFA to come in here and to be your backup tackle. Or, I don't know, Larnell Coleman, could that be that guy as well? Tight end. There was some talk where the Carolina Panthers, they would take a tight end or not. You saw Darnell Washington and Luke Musgrove or Musgrave uh, were both there available at 39 if the Carolina Panthers decided that they wanted to go in that direction instead of taking Mingo. Of course, they did not. They probably are set there. Hayden Hurst, Ian Thomas, both those guys can be in the roster. Tommy Trimble, probably fine right now because they didn't take one. Um, Gio Ritchie, who's shown some ability after the catch. And Stephon Sullivan, like those are your five. And I, I feel like maybe they bring in another one, but they're probably set there with the guys that are likely to actually be on the roster uh, come September in week one. Uh, running back. They could use another a bruiser. Like Miles Sanders, he's your, he's your RB1. You got Chuba Hubbard out there as well, who's going to do – a lot of the same things as Sanders, except for be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Blackshear, Raheem Blackshear is here to more as a uh, return guy. Can also catch the ball out of the backfield, need be. Spencer Brown, that's someone who Mike K was telling us last week, the coaching staff, they're, they're intrigued by. Uh, he's been on, in camp the last couple of years. He's been on the practice squad the last couple of years. He's six foot, 220. Could he fill that role as a bruiser here for Carolina? Because they don't have that with Sanders, Hubbard, and Blackshear. He's the biggest of the backs here in Carolina he could make the roster by being that short yardage back for the Panthers. That's still something that they need to go out there and evaluate and see if there's someone available that they could use. Now, veteran edge rusher, looking at it right now, and they were asked about this. Frank Reich said when he was asked, hey, are you confident that there's a starter opposite of Brian Burns? He said yes. And he talked about, hey, this is a clean slate for a lot of these guys here, especially with this coaching staff, and this is their opportunity to come out there and be starters. So you got Marquis Saints who today you would say would be the starter opposite of Brian Burns. you got Ito Grossmatos in his last year, and that's someone who could be uh, a roster cutdown guy or someone that they trade because we have not seen nearly enough out of him. There's Amari Barno heading into his second year, another one of those like toolsy traits guys who has to develop, and then DJ Johnson, who, like Barno, toolsy traits guy who has to develop, but he's a year behind Barno because he's a rookie here in the NFL. Do you feel confident about that for some right there? that by-committee approach, and we can even throw Frankie Louvo in there as someone who can help with edge rushing. I don't know. I, I, I can't confidently say that right now for the Carolina Panthers. Like, is there a, a starter? Well, by default, yes. They would start somebody, and I think it would be Haynes. And I do wonder how much Haynes was slowed down by that knee injury that he suffered during training camp in Spartanburg last August. So we'll see. But they have options out there still with veterans. I would like for them to get a veteran because they did not do that last year. And it was pretty much the same group that we're talking about going into this upcoming season. Jadavion Clowney's still there. Yannick Ngakwe is still out there. Leonard Floyd, who I think is probably the best fit. They're all still available. The Panthers can get a veteran edge rusher who can come in and be able to buy some time for these young guys like Barno and Johnson who are developing. And then they can have Haynes out there situationally. He can still be someone who can help the Panthers. And in gross mottos, I don't know where he fits into this because we have not seen enough over the last three seasons for him here in Carolina. But Clowney, Ngakwe, Floyd, those are some guys I feel like the Carolina Panthers should be giving a call to. But overall, Scott Fitter said, like, they went out there and they achieved pretty much everything they wanted to do. They checked all the boxes for the most part of what they wanted to do in free agency. We talked about it back in March. Check, 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 check. Looking at the draft, quarterback, wide receiver, edge, 
corner or defensive back. They didn't get offensive tackle. They didn't get a linebacker. Maybe they feel fine. I don't know if they feel fine offensive tackle. They might feel fine at linebacker because they have some depth there with Greer Hill. And then they look at Brandon Smith, who they just drafted a year ago. So for me, I thought there were some other needs that they could have addressed in the draft. But I can't really argue against Scott Fitterer and what they've done so far in free agency in the draft because I have been really impressed, especially with their free agency, in filling the holes and getting some starters and allowing guys like Jeremy Chin to play more at their natural position closer to the line of scrimmage in a new scheme. I'm excited about what the Panthers have done in free agency and a draft, and I think you guys should also feel the same. Now, there's going to be a couple UDFAs coming here to Carolina. Um, how many will it be overall? We will see in decisions, decisions, decisions. Because Monday morning, I think afternoon really, the Carolina Panthers need to decide whether they're going to pick up the fifth-year option for Derek Brown and C.J. Henderson. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. All right, let's take a quick look at the undrafted free agent class for the Carolina Panthers as they reported that on their uh, website on Saturday or maybe even Sunday. Uh, but looking at it, might not get all these names correct because I have not heard of a, a lot of these players, but we'll go over them. Uh, defensive end, Jalen Redmond from Oklahoma. Outside linebacker, Trevez Moore from Arizona State. Outside linebacker, Eku Liotta. Uh, Liotta from Auburn, inside linebacker Austin J.K. from UNLV, inside linebacker Bumper Pool. That was a guy who got a top 30 visit, by the way, from Arkansas. Cornerback Colby Richardson from LSU. Cornerback Mark Milton from Baylor. Cornerback uh, Rajon Wright from Oregon State. Safety Nico Bolden from Kent State. Running back Cameron Peoples from App State. I'm sure all of y'all know who that is. A lot of you do. Uh, wide receiver Josh Fan from South Carolina. Offensive tackle Ricky Lee, NC. Mm. My fault, a and I'm looking at North Carolina a and I've always called him a and I don't even know why I even tried to say NCA&T. A&T, Aggie Pride. And an offensive guard, Nash Jensen from North Dakota State. Now, the ones that really stick out the most to me from that list are obviously the guys that I've heard of. Uh, but it's really, it's two. It's Bumper Pool. We talked about inside linebacker needing depth there. Bumper Pool's a guy who had some injury issues at Arkansas, but when he was on the field, he was excellent. Really helped that turnaround there with Sam Pittman, who came over from Georgia after being their offensive line coach. He's turned out that program around at Arkansas, has him back to being a respectable program in the SEC, in large part because of guys like Bumper Pool who came out there and were really solid players. And that is someone, when looking at this list, I can see him making the roster. I imagine the injuries that he suffered at Arkansas are why he did not get drafted by any team. But the Panthers got a guy who, healthy the last couple of seasons, is probably a day, an early day three pick. They got that guy's UDFA. So Bumper Pool, welcome to Carolina. Excited about that. Going to say it right now. Bumper Pool is going to make the roster. Cam Peoples, someone who rushed for 1,000 yards at App State a couple years ago, just short of it, two seasons ago. This past year, not quite sure what happened with him or App after that September where they had the insane game against North Carolina, upset A&M where he had a huge run in that game and then had a Hail Mary against Troy. I kind of tuned out. Um, App State football, where eventually they didn't even make a bowl, but Cam Peoples, really productive player, had over 2,000 yards rushing at App State, playing in the Sun Belt, solid player. And that's another guy, when I look at this running back class, that's someone I can see making this roster. So Bumper Pool, Cam Peoples, those two guys who I'm familiar with, could see them making a roster. The rest of those dudes, I don't necessarily know about them. We can bring some people on here and talk about them. we got rookie minicamp coming up here soon, so we can get some uh, perspective and some reaction following that, even ahead of that, on some of the guys who are going to be 
participating. We're also going to be really interested in seeing what Bryce Young was able to do there at rookie minicamp for the Carolina Panthers. So we got that going on. Now, a couple of other things aside from the draft now that that's over and moving ahead to OTAs, rookie mini rookie minicamp, mandatory minicamp before that six, seven-week break before uh, the start of training camp. Fifth-year option, that is due on Monday. The Carolina Panthers have two players who were first-rounders back in 2020 that are now up for their fifth-year option. You have Derek Brown and C.J. Henderson. Now, for Derek Brown, he has qualified um, for the fifth-year option pay scale based off of playing time for players who are on the field, 75% of their team's offensive snaps or defensive snaps in the two of their first three seasons or have 50% playing time averaged over three seasons. He has 50% playing time average, so he could be due in 2024 $11.665 million, whereas C.J. Henderson did not meet the playing time criteria, so he's at the basic level at eleven. million. million. Pretty straightforward for me right here. Henderson, absolutely not. You're not going to pay that guy $11.5 million in 2024 based off of what he did the last two seasons here in Carolina. Someone that you need to step up last year, week 17, on the road against Tampa, he didn't do it. Absolutely not. That's a very easy conversation. Scott Bitter was asked about, hey, what are you guys going to do there? He said he needed to talk to the players and that they would find out Monday morning. I think C.J. Henderson probably knows, and his agent knows that there's just no way in hell the Carolina Panthers are going to pick that option up. Um, defensive tackle Derek Brown, unless they feel like that's too much, uh, I think that's pretty obvious that Derek Brown is deserving of that $11.6 million going in 2024. And you look at the cap space they're going to have open up next year, I think they can make that work. So Derek Brown, I would say yes. And then C.J. Henderson, I would say no. Unless with Derek Brown, they decide, like, okay, we're not going to do that, but we do want to keep you here, and we're going to work on a deal that makes more sense for us. Brown, I see a future here in Carolina. Henderson, this feels like his last year for the, with the Carolina Panthers, especially now that they brought in a guy like Jamie Robinson. They got Eric Rowe here. Like, how much burn is this guy going to get next season? And I just don't look at what he's done as deserving of having his fifth-year option exercise on Monday. But they exercise Sam Darnold's. Now, that lacks context. They gave up all those picks. Made sense that they would do that, opposed to like, hey, let's give up all these picks and then not pick up the option and then be done after a year because then why would you give up all these picks? We don't really need to rehash that, even though I just did. So there we go. Derek Brown, yes, but if not, they're going to find a way to keep him here long-term. Henderson, absolutely not. A uh, couple other notes. I've alluded to it a couple times and kind of flat out just said it. Austin Corbett, he's going to miss time to start the season. That's been obvious since he tore his ACL Week 18 against New Orleans. I know that Scott Fitter and the organization came out and said that, hey, we hope he'll be ready by, like, week one. He's not going to be ready by week one. He's not. Darren Gant of Panthers.com is doing a really good series on Austin Corbett as he goes through his rehab. That's about absolutely the worst time to have a torn ACL. And that's in large part why they went out there and got Zavala in the fourth round and why they brought in McCray and why they are really excited about potentially Cade May stepping in there and having to start. They're going to need someone to start there at right guard to start off the season before Corbett's ready to come back here and play for the Carolina Panthers. And it's interesting, too. He has a torn ACL. They restricted his contract, basically keeping him here through the 2024 season. And he might not play maybe half of the season because of the ACL tear they suffered in Week 18. So we'll see how that works out. But Corbett, um, as expected, going to miss some time to start off the season. And then Brian Burns. Uh, there's been questions about when will the Panthers come to terms with Brian Burns. They've had opportunities uh, back in March, not most recently, to trade Brian Burns. 
uh, for the number one pick. They decided not to do that. They had opportunities to get two first-round picks back to the deadline last year for Brian Burns. They decided not to do that. Brian Burns is going to get paid, y'all, here in Carolina. And Scott Fitter said, Burns is going to be here. I'm going to talk to his agent. Burns is going to be here. Those were his words. Burns is going to be here. There's no time to, timeline right now on Brian Burns, whether whether but when they will sign uh, an extension. I know it's July 15th is the deadline to come to an agreement for a new contract for guys who are uh, about to play on their fifth-year option. They barely beat the deadline la- a couple years ago with Taylor Moten, and I th- hope that they can get there before the deadline. I-, I believe that they will with Brian Burns. The Panthers don't really have much leverage uh, right now after they decided not to take those picks um, to part ways with Brian Burns. So no timeline there. Uh, Fitter did say that it would probably be sometime after the draft when asked about it a couple weeks ago. And his injury, he has ankle surgery. There's really no impact right now um, as far as, like, his contract negotiations. Like, he's going to be here long term. They're not really looking at that as a situation where it's like, oh, well, you injured your ankle and we're not going to pay you now unless, like, the medicals come back and they're just, like, really scared by that. There doesn't seem to be any indication that there's much concern about that. If anything, there's concern of whether he'll be ready to go come training camp. But, of course, the company line will be, yeah, he'll be ready to go by training camp and week one. So we'll see if that actually is the case for Brian Burns. But Brian Burns is going to get paid here at some time here over the next two months here, May, June, July. They'll they'll figure it out. I'm not really concerned about Burns and his long-term future here in Carolina. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I will be back on Friday to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council, to participate. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Tuesday.